Well, hey there, Thriver. It's Jess here. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 235 of the Crate Fire podcast. And some housekeeping. I'm about to take a month off from content and in, and social media. So I'm taking all of July off from creating new content for YouTube, for the podcast, for the blog. And I'm also taking a break from Instagram and Facebook for the month of July. Uh, if you're curious about how I'm sort of dealing with that or announcing that, let me know and I can always do an episode on it when I come back. Uh, if you just check out my Instagram or whatever, you'll see a little announcement post and what I say in there. And this is me telling you now on the podcast that there won't be any new episodes until the beginning of August. Uh, I've slowly over the years started to take some more content breaks. Uh, I usually take, well, I've started taking December off. And so now I'm also going to be taking probably July, June or July going forward off having a midwinter break for me. I know for a lot of you, it's midsummer up in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and yeah, just having some time to do some more thinking and deep work and just having a break really, because I don't take a lot of holidays. So I'm going to take the 30 uh, day break from content production and uh, social media. But in that time, I'm also going to be taking an actual proper holiday for at least a week, maybe even two from, you know, email and making jewelry and, um, hanging out in the Thriver Circle and all those sorts of other jobs that I do every day. So I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to having a break, giving my brain a rest from constantly having to be, you know, creating things and coming up with new ideas, which I love, but it's nice to have a break. And funnily enough, I usually find when I have a break from, you know, the the treadmill of creating content and and posting on social media and all those sorts of stuff, that's generally when my creativity kind of ends up going into overdrive and I come up with lots of new awesome ideas and things to share with you all. So that's usually a really nice side effect of having some time off, which is what I'm going to be doing. So this is the last episode for a month. And like I said, I'll be back again at the beginning of August with a whole new uh, few months worth of content for you. But before I leave, I have a great interview for you today with Erica Ando. And uh, she and I get into, uh, it's, it's quite appropriate actually, because <laughs> she and I are going to be getting into a whole lot of stuff around Uh, creativity and uh, taking care of yourself, self-awareness, self-worth and mindset issues and all of that sort of stuff, which is very appropriate when we're talking about, you know, taking some time out to take care of yourself, which I am about to do. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I loved our conversation and uh, there's a a lot of nuggets of wisdom here, I think, that you can take away, especially the stuff around not letting other people's opinions of you or your work get to you too much. And I know it's human nature, but we talk about why that is and ways you can mediate that and deal with that and uh, move past any of those sort of negative things that might be coming from outside or inside your own brain, which is even more difficult to deal with, I know, from personal experience. So I'd like to introduce you to Erica, and I hope you enjoy the show. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. So, I'm here today with Erica. Welcome to the podcast. 
Oh, hi, Jess. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm so glad you reached out to me because I think some of the topics we're going to talk about today are very relevant, uh, always, but especially during this pandemic that we've all oh, been yes. living through. Uh, it's been, I think, a challenging and difficult time for everybody in different ways, uh, even though, you know, some, some of us are probably doing okay. But I think the fact that we're all kind of stuck at home, uh, which, which for artistic creative people might be a, a really good thing, but at the same time, <laughs> I think it can damage people's sense of inspiration and freedom. Mm, yes, that's true. I think it could work. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're stuck at home, but we're also stuck at home. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, uh, and I think a lot of people would say, oh, this is my the dream, you know, mm. this is what I've been waiting for. But in fact, um, all kinds of things start creeping in. Yes. And so it is a it's a trying time. And for a lot of reasons, I mean, you know, uh, it's not just creatively, but on the business end, it can mm. be really, um, really trying. Definitely. But before we get into all that, because it's going to be a very yes. deep discussion, can you give us a little bit of background on who you are and what you've done in your career so far? Oh, sure. Um, so my background is in sculpture. Um, I have a, a bachelor's and a master's in sculpture. Um, and I went to school in New York and Philadelphia at Parsons School of Design and Tyler School of Art. Um, when I got out of art school with the master's, um, well, surprise, surprise, that was not a very profitable <laughs> job. There was no job as a sculptor, you know. So I had all kinds of um, art world jobs. I worked in a gallery. I worked for a lot of artists as an assistant. Um, but I really wanted to make something, really wanted to make something um, and have that be my job. So at the time, I was, I was taking classes, actually, at the Fashion Institute of Technology, and I was taking um, classes in sewing. And so I thought, hmm, this is interesting. I could get a job doing that. So I ended up working for some fashion designers. And, um, and for some reason, for <laughs> just probably from being naive, totally naive, I thought, oh, well, I could do this on my own. <laughs> and so I started a business, um, and I had um, a business making scarves and handbags, and I was essentially, I guess I was a textile designer, mm -hmm. um, but I sold all over the world and sold in boutiques and um, some department stores, and I learned a ton because I knew nothing about, I knew nothing about um, about selling anything. I knew nothing about manufacturing anything. And I had that business for eight years. Wow. Okay, cool. um, yeah. Um, and it was, I guess it was a success. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> it was a successful <laughs> business. <laughs> and I wish I knew then what I know now, mm -hmm. um, because I did not take care of myself, you know, all kinds of things. I did not take care of myself in many, many ways. I had didn't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. um, so um, eventually, I got back into art. Um, I moved to Florida. I was living in Philadelphia, and I moved to Florida and um, didn't know what to do. So I started getting back into art. I started writing about art is what I started to do. Mm -hmm. I, I joined a PhD program. And 
all that was great. Um, but it was mainly the writing and meeting a lot of artists again and um, just getting involved in the art community. Mm -hmm. As a writer, I, I worked as a grant writer, um, as a critic, as um, I worked also as a professor, as an instructor. And um, eventually I started to think, okay, I mean, it was really like, I was a freelancer basically, mm -hmm. and I was making no money and <laughs> running around all the time and um, thought there has to be something else. So I started a business and that's how I started The Empowered Artist. Mm -hmm. um, and in my business, I coach artists um, and I, I coach artists and creative business owners mm -hmm. um, who are doing art, artistic work. Um, and so that's what I'm doing now. Awesome. So you had, okay, so you've, you've got the kind of education background. You had a business for quite a long time. What made you sort mm -hmm. of move away from that business? I think it was, again, not taking care of myself. So I was mm -hmm. very burnt out. I never took a vacation. <laughs> no, never, <laughs> I really never did anything for myself. I did not know anything about all the things that I think are really important now and the th kinds of things that I coach my, my clients on about self-care and mindset and things like that. Because, um, and I don't know if I would have stayed with the business, uh, but it was, I think I was, I got very much overwhelmed with the business side of things. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was spending more time on the business than doing the creative part, which is what I liked. Wow. I think, and I think yeah. <laughs> that that, yeah. that could be yeah. like every single person in creative business. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I like the making, but this business stuff, I don't know about that. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. But, you know, but thinking back, I think, well, if I had, if I had heard your podcast, Jess, <laughs> you know, I might have structured things differently. I might have, you know, put certain um, systems into place. Mm -hmm. I might have done things to streamline them instead of thinking, oh, I hate doing this mm. <laughs> and, and therefore not doing them well. Or possibly outsourcing. That's another thing for people to remember, if you can afford yes. it, obviously. Yes. Um, right, right. <laughs> that certainly saved my bacon in a few instances. Although, yes. to be fair, I'm outsourcing a lot of stuff to my husband, so who is also mm, my employee. Family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's handy when you're employing someone who you live with. Like, hey, can you just do this? <laughs> I guess he can't really say no. Uh, he, he does sometimes. He does? Okay. okay. <laughs> he's de he's de he definitely uh, has his own mind, but uh, we, we negotiate <laughs> who does what. Okay. Uh. <laughs> so, and it's quite funny because, like, he's sort of, he's head of the household and I'm head of the business and we just, you know, sort of, you can you do that thing? Can you do that thing? Okay, cool. So we both have our own mental loads that we we kind of mm. share with each mm -hmm. other. Which mm -hmm. is, it makes things nice because <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> great. Yeah, it is. It's good. Um, yeah. For those interested, I actually did an episode with Nick a while ago. You can scroll back and and have a listen to that and find out how we actually do that and negotiate everything. Um, okay, mm. so getting back to. Erica, so let's talk about your art practice for a moment. Do you have an mm. art practice currently? Um, right now I've been doing, I do ceramics. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I did on and off for years. And um, 
about two years ago, I decided I'm, I'm going to do this. So I've um, started doing it, but I really feel like right now, I feel like I don't need to make a business out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, it makes me happy. I, I enjoy learning about it. And, and it's kind of a relief, actually, <laughs> to feel that way about something because I'm always thinking, okay, how can I, what can I do to make this into a business? Oh, what yeah. can I do? You know, so it's nice just to, uh, I don't know, have something that I enjoy. Yeah. I always say if you turn your hobby into a business, you need a new hobby. <laughs> like you, That's can, good. you can't keep treating the thing that was your hobby as the thing that brings you yeah. relaxation and joy anymore once you turn it into a business no. because it, it, it really changes things. It does. It changes yeah. your relationship with the craft. You might still love it and enjoy it, but there, are, there will be times, just be prepared for most of us, there yeah. will be times when it just starts oh, to yeah. feel like work rather than yeah. play. And, I, and that's what I tell people too because so many people I know or so many artists will say, okay, I really want to do this full time. How can I do this full time? I mean, that's everybody's mm. dream, right? Um, but I'll say, you know, it really changes things. Mm. And I think you have to be prepared for that because it's not as if you're just going to be creating all the time. Yes. You know. Absolutely. We um, yeah. We just, uh, on my other podcast, the State of, uh, sorry, the Business of Making, we just did a State of Handmade survey. We surveyed almost 2,000 makers. And one of the questions oh, wow. we asked was, you know, on a scale of one to 10, where like one is you spend all your time making and 10 is you spend all your time on the business, sort of where do you sit? And it was really interesting mm-hmm. looking at that data and the spread. It was pretty spread out across there, but there was definitely mm-hmm. a, a peak in the middle. Like people are spending mm. sort of 50-50 or 60-40 right. time b- making yeah. in the business. Um, for those interested, just head on over to um, thebusinessofmaking.com or you can just go to thestateofhandmade.com and you can find all the survey results there and have a look at them for yourself. They're free for everybody to look at. So that was, you know, we suspected mm-hmm. that was the case, but it's, it's yeah. really interesting to see that in black and white. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that, it, that makes total sense. And um, I think it changes as yeah. well. I always say that like in the first few years of your business, you, you go, and this is, I think, where a lot of people give up because the first few mm. years are the time where you're going to be spending the most time on the business yes. side of things because you're right. learning everything. So right. you have to learn right. how to do it and then do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think that's what people, and I think, I think that people think, okay, well, they don't really know what it is to be in business. Mm. So they think, okay, I'm going to set up a website. <laughs> or I'm going to set up a, a shop online and, you know, I'll tell people about it on Instagram and they'll buy things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if but only it's, it was it's that not simple. as easy as that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit, I think, let's because uh, I think we're going to dive into this topic a bit, a little bit about the self-care, the it's sort of, that sort of emotional, personal side of things a bit because you, you were saying that's what you really struggled with the most. What are some of the biggest mm-hmm. lessons that you took away that then you're passing on to, to people now? Um, I think it's, a, it's instead of maybe instead of calling it self-care, I mean, there's a lot of self-care, mm. but I think self-awareness, mm. you know, self-awareness so that sometimes you really need to take care of yourselves self but you need to know when mm-hmm. you know so if you're feeling tired um 
you know, it's really easy when you're tired to start spiraling, you know, because your brain is tired and you're emotionally tired. So you can start thinking things like, oh, this is not going to work. This is, you know, what am I doing? And things that you just wouldn't even think if you weren't tired. So maybe it's just time to take a nap, (laughs) you know, maybe it's, uh, and so I think just being aware of what you're doing and how you're feeling and keeping that all in check, I think is really important. Um, that's a really good point. Can I just also add to that? Um, for the, for the women out there, pay attention to your menstrual cycle and what's happening there. Mm -hmm. If you, if you, you know, if you're not taking the pill or whatever, because like only the last, I mean, I'm 39 this weekend coming up Mm -hmm. now and it's only Uh, been (laughs) in the last few (laughs) years that I've really paid attention and gone, Oh, that's Uh, why I'm feeling like I have no energy or, Oh, that's why I feel really like down about everything Mm -hmm. today or how that's, why I'm feeling really awesome about everything this week because of my hormones. (laughs) Yes. And things like what you eat, what you drink, all those things, you know, will affect how you feel. And then in turn affect, really affect your thoughts and then affect your actions and then affect everything else. (laughs) Um, So I think just being aware is um, what I always stress. I love that. Because I think we can, just say, oh, I'm taking care of myself, taking care of myself. But I think that can be taken, you know, I I mean, I really believe that. I think that, you know, your listeners, my clients, everybody's really ambitious and want to do well. Mm. You know, so I think there's got to be some kind of balance too, where you're not just saying, oh, I'm just going to take it easy, because I'm just going to take it easy. Mm. And that's just, you know, my default. And so you end up, just sitting on the couch all the time, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, I feel that um, when there's, you know, you have a fire lit under your butt, mm. go for it. You know? Yeah. And I think right now, as we record this, it's kind of getting towards the end of April, 2020 mm-hmm. uh, during, I don't know what we're going to end up calling it the great pandemic, whatever. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people are really struggling with this right now. I know I've been through yeah. these phases where yes. all I want to do is just line down and read a book. And that's okay yeah. for a day or two, but when it like mm-hmm. starts to be a week or two or three and you just don't mm-hmm. have any motivation, then that's something yeah. that needs to change. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we are in, a, in an extraordinary time, but at the same time, I think it's really easy. I think it's, well, what's extraordinary is that we're at home. Mm-hmm. We can't go outside to kind of, you know, um, just feel better by taking a walk or, I mean, where I am, we are, people are going outside and are taking walks and doing things like that. Mm. But, you know, we're not seeing other people. We're not being energized by seeing, you know, just being stimulated Mm. in the same way. So I think it's really easy to fall into that. Um, And I think it, it, I do think it's okay. You know, we have to, I think we have to cut ourselves some slack. Mm. Um, And I think, I think the worst thing you can do is beat yourself up mm. <laughs> about anything. And um, so take your time off because you really want and need it and don't feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. And if you're working hard, don't feel bad about that either. Mm. Um, because, you know, the, I think the worst thing is to beat yourself up. Yeah, there's like um, this weird dichotomy yeah. out there of people like at one end, having a go at people for being like not productive and at the other end having a go at people for being productive 
and like yes, still selling and doing their bit, running yes. their business and trying to survive. Yes. I mean, it's crazy. Yes. I, yeah. I think uh, just shaming, shaming other people and mm. shaming yourself is not a good thing. You know, so I think if there's some shaming going on, there's there's likely some self-shaming going on too. Mm. So, you know, if other people are just trying to, yes, people still need to make a living and they're out there selling and good for them. But if um, that's not happening for you, that's okay too. Yeah. And I think this, uh, I think this is just like a symptom of an underlying issue that, well, all humans mm-hmm. have, but I think creative people and artists are particularly prone to it, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is that self-criticism and mm-hmm. all of those sorts mm-hmm. of the feelings of shame and, and being afraid to be vulnerable. I mean, you have to be vulnerable when you're creating, don't you? Because you're, you're, you're tapping into your own self to bring something into being in the world and that's scary. Yeah, I mean, I do think that being vulnerable is, is a risk. You know, and mm. it's it's a risk and it's taking a risk. So we, you know, we hear a lot about going outside the box or, you know, taking a risk. But I think what that is, is being vulnerable. Um, it's, um, I think it's something, it's scary. And um, something that people, um, I think it's, it's scary, but it's also something that you you can see other people doing it and you can appreciate it and you can be critical at the same time, Mm. you know? So it's, I think it's um, like you said, there's a dichotomy there where we, I think people flip back and forth. Mm. Yeah. And we do that in our own minds to ourselves as well. It's like that. Yeah. um, (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure you've probably seen it. And most of my listeners have probably seen a variation of like this meme where there's like a graph that goes up and down it's like this is awesome this is crap you know like what what I'm making like one minute you'll yeah. love it the next minute you'll hate it and think why well, you know what is this yes mess? in the same minute yeah yeah so yeah. <laughs> that you're not alone everybody feels that way everybody feels that way I think everybody feels that way but but then I think again keep telling yourself give yourself a break or, you know, it's okay. Mm. And I think eventually you get to be a little bit better. I think when you, I, I think I do think self-awareness is important because if you catch yourself as you're starting to feel that, you know, you feel a little shift, mm. you feel a little strange, you know, shift in your energy and then you can just be aware of it and then just come back and say, no, I don't have to go there. Mm. You know, you do have a choice. I think you do have a choice. Yeah, it's the old story. You don't control your thoughts, but you can control your reaction. You know, mm-hmm. your thoughts are not yeah. you. They're just happening. Right. <laughs> exactly. And if you can be aware right. of them instead of getting stuck in them and go, hang on a second, why am I, why am I, why are my thoughts going in this direction? Oh, I'm hungry or I'm tired or, you know, somebody said something mean on the internet, um, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. which uh-huh. makes me right. doubt everything I've ever done with my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how that can happen, right? Yeah, I think, you know, another thing that a lot of us struggle with is, you know, 100 people can say your work is amazing, I love it, mm-hmm. but one comment mm-hmm. in there that says something mm-hmm. negative and that's what we latch on to mm-hmm. um, for a couple of reasons. One is because our brains are problem-solving uh, machines and mm-hmm. they don't like mm-hmm. 
like it's it's like that's a problem I have to solve I have to fix that person's opinion of me um and that also comes because we are a social species and mm-hmm. it's deeply deeply ingrained in us to not upset people because then we might get cussed out and die alone in the wilderness so you mm-hmm. know these these the way we react to that is not uh unexpected it's actually quite deeply (laughs) ingrained into our psyches so but it's being aware again it comes back to what you said self-awareness being aware of that and go okay well that's why that's why this is affecting me so deeply um but can i you know act or think my way out of this funk and move past that those feelings and thoughts that i'm having about this issue right i mean i think Exactly. I think that, um, sorry, sorry. I've just lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. It does happen. I lost my train of thought. Um, so I I think it, it is normal. It's normal, but it also, it's normal, but I think we do have a choice. Mm. We just have to catch ourselves in that moment so that we're not spiraling. Mm. And I think it just takes, I think it's another, it's a muscle, you know, it's a something that you work on. So as you feel yourself, again, you feel something funny going on, you feel that energy shift, where you're going, yeah, yeah, and oh, no, you feel that something happening. And then you say, well, do I have to go there? Mm. Do I have to do that? Um, And I think, it is, I think it has to do with mindfulness training mm-hmm. and just, you know, doing, um, training yourself to catch yourself. And then as you catch yourself, say, I'm not going to go there mm-hmm. and just turn it around and just remember the, the hundred good things that people said. Yeah. Don't just remember them. Go read them. <laughs> go read them. Right. Have that file. <laughs> where you stick all the good things. Yeah, definitely. You know, have your, 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 um, the yay file. <laughs> and over time, I think another thing that happens, this has certainly happened to me in my career is you'll, you'll start, um, you'll start sorting out the sort of comments that you realize are just the other person's problem from the comments that might yes. actually be a legitimate criticism. Um, I, the girls who I do my other podcasts with, we often will, we'll get, you know, emails or comments or whatever, and we'll share them with each other because, you know, water cooler commiseration about this crazy person who's emailed me about this like crazy problem. And I'm like, that's, that's not a me problem. That's a them problem. Oh yes. (laughs) And um, when, when you start clarifying that, you can just start letting those sorts of things just roll off you because you're like, well, that's, it's got nothing to do with me really. It's, it's all yes. about their perception of the world and their, right. their um, challenges and personal, personal uh, mm-hmm. problems that they're dealing with. So that's also a thing to remember is that everybody's got their own lives and everybody has their own uh, perspectives. And, yeah, that, whatever that person's saying may be important to them or true to them, but you don't have to take on that burden. And I think the thing is to just remain sort of open and curious. Mm. So if you're curious about it, then you don't automatically think that person hates me. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you just, if you say, you, you remain curious and say, mm, I wonder why that person said that. And I wonder if that is, has any truth. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if I actually could improve upon that. Or is that person just, you know, is it, 
that person just has uh, a problem with something and would have a problem with anybody. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we just remain open, remain curious, and don't think that, and again, I think it takes some kind of training, mm-hmm. don't think automatically that it has anything to do with you. Then um, we have a better chance of improving ourselves rather than thinking that we have to improve ourselves because somebody said something about us. Yeah, absolutely. And deciding what, what um, criticism to, to take on board, like you said, and whatnot. Constructive criticism is a good thing. Constructive. Yeah, right. uh, if it is constructive criticism. And even non like I've had emails from people that I've initially gone, oh, how dare you, and then just mm. had a moment and gone, oh, hang on a second. <laughs> maybe there's yeah, something yeah. to what they've said <laughs> maybe right, right. I can actually fix this pro- this or improve this somehow and then I've sometimes emailed them back and thanked them for it I'm like well you know yeah I think you actually have a, a valid point here and uh, I'm going to work on that and you know these are mm. these are not um personal slights like if somebody's throwing personal slights at you that's that's one thing but well, that business yeah. related you know technical issues or you know whatever other issues that that might be happening so that's that's i think a different story do you want to get more sales on etsy etsy is a huge part of my business and the vast majority of my sales come from etsy search that means i have to optimize my etsy seo or search engine optimization in order to be found and if you want to be found you need to do the same If you'd like some tricks and tips to help you optimize your search engine optimization on Etsy, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO and you can download my Etsy SEO cheat sheet, which will teach you all of the tips you need to implement in order to make sure that you're getting your best possible ranking on Etsy search. That's createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO to download that free cheat sheet right now. And let's also go into this because I think it's related. This idea of um, especially artists and creatives really connecting our sense of self and our sense of worth to our work and how our work is received and perceived in the world, which Mm. can be very problematic. (laughs) Yeah, it can be problematic because it can be problematic if people love your work or, and if they hate your work. Mm. If they hate your work, of course, that's, that seems kind of obvious, right? That if somebody hates your work, you kind of shrink and you think, oh, my God, you know, everybody hates me and my, I'm worthless mm. and my art is worthless. But if they love your work, and um, that's also very dangerous. If they love your work and you attach your self-worth to your work, then that I think that can be equally dangerous. It actually could be worse, I mm. think, because then you learn to um, rely on that outside um, justification for your work um, instead of um, valuing your work as something that you make and that you value on its own and not as some kind of something that identifies um, you or something that um, defines your self-worth. Mm. And I think that's really common, like people, not just in the art world, but also in, you know, just work in general, like people who have careers in whatever field, like this weird idea that, you know, the work you do is who you are, 
whereas oh, it's yeah. just something I mean, you I, do. Yeah. <laughs> I think our culture just values work so much mm. that values work and productivity and um and I think that's what and going back to you know the people who are doing so much work or you know and being shamed for it and mm. not doing work and are shamed for it I think it goes back to that that um our culture just really values um producing and making things and doing things and so um it's you know it's not surprising that that we have that attachment mm. but again if we just say you know my my um other people's opinions about my work don't define me mm. and and um and actually my work doesn't define me my work is part of who i am um because we're all other things right yeah we are um partners and parents and friends and you know teachers and all kinds of things yeah and I think you know that sort of dichotomy or not dichotomy it's more like a prism of who we are and all those different elements are important and sometimes we kind of give more weight to one over another <laughs> it's at oh, least yes. for a, at least for a season of our lives perhaps um, yeah and that, that oh and I think it's yeah go ahead sorry Oh, no, I was going to say, especially for people in the creative field, mm. um, you spend, I think, and especially people who do handmade work, it, I think it's really easy to get into that because you really literally put your sweat into your work. Mm. You know, you really put so much of your energy, literal energy into your work that it's hard not to um, identify with it because you make something, you you love it, you've nurtured it, and... Um, and and it's I think it's really hard to separate yourself from your work, mm. and that's sometimes a strange thing when you make something. You know, you pour all of your energy into it, and then you see it for sale, or you know, you see it someplace else outside of you. you there's a weird separation that happens. Yeah, that's true. I, 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 the, an example that I, one of the things I can think of for me is this has happened to me a couple of times in my my life where I've been somewhere, like usually at some sort of handmade related event, like a market or a conference or something. Mm -hmm. And I've seen somebody walk by wearing some of my jewellery, like yeah. someone I don't know. <laughs> uh -huh. And it's just like, oh, that's so straight. Like there's the thing, this thing that I made with my two hands. It now lives somewhere else independent of me. It belongs to somebody else now. It's not mine anymore. <laughs> does that feel good? It does, does feel, feel good. good it feels good strange? to me. It's, it's strange, but it's a good strange. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, actually, I love that about making things that people would wear that I would see. I remember the first time I thought, oh, my God, oh, my God. It was the best feeling, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, it's a cool thing, especially yeah, it was very it's just cool. random and you, you don't expect yeah. it, you know. So and It's not your friend no. or your family. Or <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. It must be interesting for it to be like, I don't know, a a big designer or something and seeing your stuff on people all over the world it must be an interesting feeling just a, mm. an, a larger feeling of that I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for people who are struggling with this sort of thing you, you know you talked about self-awareness and, and and training and things like that what do you recommend they actually do 
what sort of practice or practices do you recommend that they actually try to help them work on that issue? Um, I think writing is always good. Mm. Writing things out. Um, and I think writing, when things get stuck in your head, they, um, you know, they just sort of, they grow inside your head mm -hmm. and you have no control of them. And I think sometimes you put, when you write things down on paper, you can see it plainly. Um, and with my clients, they'll send me things that they've written. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's an extra act of separating, you know, that extra um, step of separating what's in their head. Um, putting it down on paper and then sending it to somebody else or doing something with that, with that paper um, just makes it more concrete and maybe not so, um, so terrifying. Cause I think when, when things are in our heads, we tend to just, um, you know, they just tend to boil over and, and take on a life of their own. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like that spiral you talked about before, it's sort of just, gets stuck and keeps going like, referring back to what I said earlier as well that your brain's a problem solving machine if you mm -hmm. give it a problem it'll keep thinking it'll keep working on it until you solve it um yes. so but you know and one step of solving and this goes for anything like if you're um you know running a business or working on something or whatever you're going to have lots of ideas crop up or lots of to-dos or whatever get them out of your head and written yes. down somewhere because as soon as you do that your brain can relax and go okay you've actually put it somewhere else that I won't forget about it I can stop thinking mm -hmm. about it now and sometimes that's all you need to do yeah especially I think it that's especially true when you have a huge to-do list mm. um, yeah so with with my clients we work on time management and things like that and um, prioritizing tasks because that is a huge one too. Yes. Because in any given week, well, you'll have a million things to do. And so I'll say pick three things to do this <laughs> week that you must get done. And that's it. Everything else is not important. Yeah. Um, I think we have to set ourselves up for success. And so just, um, just that act of prioritizing is, is telling us what's important to us right mm -hmm. so that um you know when you have this huge to-do list if it's not prioritized it's just so overwhelming and it can get to the point where we think oh, i'll never be able to do any of this <laughs> yeah. and that's what goes on in our heads but if we just say okay these are the two or three most important things that i'm doing this week and that's it then um I think we have a better chance of being successful and then feeling good that we can be successful next week mm -hmm. and, and on and on. Yeah. It's that all, if you underschedule yourself and get everything done, you'll feel really good because you're like, Hey, I've done everything. And then you've got extra time. If you happen to want to work on one of those other things, great. But exactly. you're not forcing right. yourself to do it. You know, it's not a, it's not a right, requirement. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas when you overschedule right. yourself and you never like week to week, you're always falling behind. You're never getting your whole list done. It just grinds you down and grinds you down and you just start feeling worse and worse about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so writing it down, that's one thing. Is there anything else? About um, helping you to be more self-aware, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, well, I guess any kind of meditation practice mm -hmm. 
I think is great because um, that's when you really see the thoughts coming up. You know, and I think it's even if you do a little 10 minute meditation practice where you just start and your goal is just to notice what's coming up in your head. Mm. You don't do anything with it. You just notice it. And so during the day, you know, it can uh, remind you just to notice it. And I think that's, I think that may be all you need really is just to notice that it's happening. Yeah. You know, instead of, um, and then not to fight it mm. really just noticing it and, and maybe just letting it be. No. Yeah, I think people um, who aren't familiar with mindfulness meditation have this weird idea that you're trying to stop your thoughts from happening and that's mm, not what it yeah. is at all. You're literally just trying to separate your consciousness from your thoughts and being be aware of them and not get, get stuck in them. <laughs> it's like tr- yeah. you, so you're you, just trying to be you, the observer. Exactly, right. So you're just seeing your thought happen you're not trying to stop it. You're not trying to, you're not trying to, um, you know, tell it to go away. Mm. You know, and it's, it's, if anything else, if anything, it's um, a way that you can kind of own being, it's fine to be angry. It's fine to be um, tired. It's fine to be what we might call negative, mm. but they're not negative. They're just normal things. Yeah. Um, and we all go through them and, um, they're part of our day and they maybe from minute to minute, even they're, they change and that's, that's how we operate and that's all fine too. But if we keep thinking that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really tired. I shouldn't be tired. Uh, I'm, you know, I feel so bad. I shouldn't be feeling bad. Then that can just make things so much worse. Mm, Definitely. And, you know, for those who struggle with the idea of sort of sitting still somewhere yeah. and just watching their idea, their thoughts, um, a few other options that I sometimes do and that work for me, going for a walk with no distractions. So mm-hmm. you're not listening to something, you're not talking to someone else, you just literally go for a walk and you'll be amazed <laughs> what happens. Yeah. Uh, swimming is the or, same for me, yeah. like because oh, when yes. I'm swimming mm-hmm. I can't. You know, I'm sure I could probably buy like some sort of underwater headphones or whatever, but I'm like, no, no, this is, this is the time I literally am just, you know, in the water. It's a rhythmical thing, I think as well. Like when you're walking or running for some people, cycling, swimming, those sorts of rhythmical physical activities mm-hmm. can be really, really good for this because you just get into, it's almost like it puts you in a certain mental state um, and it lets your brain be free to just sort of wander. And I think, look, I honestly think that's something a lot of us are really lacking in our lives now because we always have a device with us. We always have something that mm. we can distract ourselves with. I, I notice this in myself a lot. Um, I often joke because I started my business in 2008 and I often joke that if I had my Kindle, because I have Kindle with Kindle Unlimited and I'm a voracious reader, I'm like, if I had that back then, I never would have started because I just probably would have read, <laughs> be reading books my entire life. Like, <laughs> I had to get bored in order to create something new. Like I had to allow, you know, I had the space in my life to get bored and get curious about something and then, you know, learn a new skill or whatever. If we're not letting ourselves be bored or have, you know, have a chance for ourselves to kind of not be distracted by other people's content and other, other people's thoughts, it can be incredibly difficult to figure out what your own actually are. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree about, I agree as well about 
um, being bored. I think being bored is amazing. I think it's probably <laughs> something that we need to do more as creative people. Um, like you're saying, and maybe now is a great time to be bored. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Maybe now is a, that time, that fallow time that I think creative people need. Yeah. Daydream. That, Let yourself that, daydream. Yeah. The, yeah. Daydream and look out the window because, well, I can't, I don't really want to go outside too much. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I feel like in the last few weeks, I think my sense of smell is actually keener. Mm. Uh, and that's not anything that I ever think about. I never think about smells, mm. you know? <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I think one of the things I started doing, because I go, I, in the mornings I walk or I run mm -hmm. and, you know, I usually have music on and, you know, I've got the whole thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have all the gear <laughs> and, um, I stopped doing that for some reason. I just didn't feel like, I didn't feel like doing it. I didn't feel like I needed that. I don't know. Or I didn't, I wanted the quiet, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And that didn't happen um, intentionally, but um, I think I just started noticing more mm. because I'm just doing less. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> noticing more <laughs> because we're doing less. That's great. And so true. Mm. Um, so, yeah, let yourself be bored. Let yourself daydream. Let yourself be aware of what's going on in your mind rather than constantly distracting it with stuff. And, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Netflix and Kindle Unlimited or whatever it is that's yes. your particular poison. <laughs> <laughs> and if you care about productivity, I think all this can help your productivity. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, it, it, and it's funny, I think uh, there's that balance that you always have to walk. And I think it comes from just making a conscious decision as to what's important to you. Like. Mm -hmm. We, we can be so at the mercy of our emotions and our, you know, physiological mm. state that you have to, you know, make a commitment to, okay, well, yeah, I've got this business or I've got this creative practice or whatever it is. How important is this to me? Like if I really think about it, is it something I really want to be doing with my life, for my life, with my time? And if it is, then be like make space for it make make habits out of it make a system um if you have struggle if you're struggling with uh starting new habits i highly recommend you read atomic habits by james clear oh yes amazing mm. book um it's amazing yeah i i got it from the library i'm like mm, i have to buy this now because i'm not going to be able to just read this once <laughs> um it's just he's so fantastic about laying out a, a basically a system for creating yes. habits that's very achievable and he really explains the the challenges that we face when we are trying to start habits so yeah go go look, read that book um and it will really help you to make those sort of shifts and yeah it's deciding that something it really matters to you and then actually designing your life so that that becomes a part of your life right being very intentional. Yes. Consciously, intentionally designing Being, your life. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, and I think for creative people, I think that can be a challenge too, mm. you know, because I think, um, and I think um, sometimes that desire to do something full time may come from that, I think, mm. because um, 
I think people would just like to be free yeah. and do what they're feeling in the moment, right? Yeah. Instead of planning and putting systems into place and creating habits, which can sound like a real chore. Mm. <laughs> um, but, but I think in order to really live a kind of creative free life, you, I think having those um, systems, I don't want to call them restrictions, but maybe we could mm. call them um, restrictions can make you more creative, can open up the spaces and the time for you to be more creative. Yes, I'm a big fan of this. I call them constraints, like having constraints oh, yeah. that constraints, can make yeah. you more creative because if everything's mm -hmm. just wide open, you, you, you suffer from choice paralysis or analysis paralysis, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it, yeah. and never get anything done. <laughs> Whereas if you have yeah. some sort of constraints, like it, it's funny so I'm totally this person who I'm fiercely independent. I loathe being told what to do, even by myself. Um, <laughs> I really like... You're a rebel. Yeah, well, I really like the freedom to do what I want when I want. However, yeah. if I let myself live like that for more than a day or two, it just all falls apart because I just don't want to do... I just have no motivation to do anything. Um, whereas when I'm... And, and I balance this by letting myself have one day a week where I have no nothing I have to do, like no no habits, no plans, no no routines, nothing that, you know, I let myself do whatever the hell I want like one day a week. And then the rest of the week, especially weekdays, I generally have a system, a set of habits. And it was when I put those in place that I became way more like settled and productive in my work um, and putting constraints around my work time because one of the things a lot of one of the mistakes a lot of beginners make mm. is just letting work seep into every corner of your time and life and uh, right. that is I think a, not a good thing to do um, by putting you know and, and putting things in like okay well I do my you know, I do my workout I have my this thing and then I do this work and then I have lunch and you know having those routines and yeah. it, it it relaxes you in a lot of ways because your brain doesn't have to constantly be going okay what's next what am I doing now? <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. You don't have to, right, constantly be negotiating with yourself about what yes, you're going to do next. That's a great way of putting should it. Should I do this? Should I do that? I don't know. What should I do? And then you waste half an hour to try and decide what to do next. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah I'm a big fan of, I, I mean, I'm the same way as you. I, I have, you know, one day on the weekend where I just do nothing, yeah. like nothing. <laughs> and then the rest of the week, you know, I start at, um, I have the same starting time every day mm -hmm. and, and I stop at a certain time Yeah, and, you know, pretty strict about that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I found that, um, when I, you know, because I will just work mm. all the time if I, if I don't make myself stop, but I'm fine. You know, I found that I get the same amount of work done. Yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> yes it's the work will expand to fill the time you allocate for it is it the Pareto principle yeah. I think yeah yes the Pareto principle. <laughs> right it's so true <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely an issue that I haven't faced in my life as well but again <laughs> coming back to this whole you know making that list of three things or, or whatever it is um and you get those three things and it can be a motivator too like if you are someone who really likes you know, your free time, you're like, okay, what if I can get this stuff done in three days? Then I have extra two days off. Right. Sure, you might end exactly. up working those two days because you suddenly get excited about some other work that you could be doing. But, you know, you've mm -hmm. got to find ways to motivate yourself when you're self-employed. 
<laughs> yes. You need little rewards. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, feeling good and getting, getting your work done accomplished. So you can, I don't know, go for that walk or that run or whatever it is that you, you know, you like doing with your spare time uh, is a really good strategy. Definitely. And, and, and making it possible to reward yourself. Yes. I think. Because I think uh, that's another thing. It's so easy to get caught up in uh, all the things that you have to do and then you never feel like you're successful. And then that's, it's just so draining. Oh, yeah, because you know, work's and, never finished. Like yeah. you're never going to be done ever. No, ever. <laughs> never, and ever. So don't, don't act as if it will be done. <laughs> yeah, it just you have to accept that if you're going to be self-employed. Like you literally, you can't just clock out at the end of the day and walk away. Like there's always going to be 11 billion things that you could be doing right now to improve your business. Uh, but, but if you just, and, and that's, I think you're probably the same as me, Erica, for the first few years of my business, that was my mindset. I'm like, get up. All I do is work all day, every day, you know, because I could just be doing that one more thing that'll make all the difference. Um, but over time you realize that that is the way to crazy town. Um, and also (laughs) being very unhealthy. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not sustainable. No. (laughs) No. Yeah. I think especially, I think when you're beginning, it's really easy to feel like you have so much energy, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then um, I'll do this and I'll do that. And I'm going to get my business off the ground. And um, you, you know, going back to habits, you're not creating the good habits to sustain your business. Mm. Yeah. So probably the habits are more important than actually achieving, you know, right away. I mean, if you're going to measure anything, it's probably that um, the, or whether you're putting those habits and the systems in place so that you can be successful later. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like if you get them in place from the beginning, you're going to be way more successful down the line because you're not going to be constantly wasting all that brain power deciding on how to do things and when to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. (laughs) Erica, do you have any last bits of advice or one piece of advice for people uh, that we haven't covered? for people who want to be successful and happy in their creative business endeavors? Um, You know, what? one thing I always find myself saying is, um, and um, it's not really so much, okay, like, well, people will come to me and say, I don't know how to market. You know, I don't know how to market. Can you show me how to, you know, do marketing? Can you show me how to um, write a proposal or, how to pitch something. Mm. Um, and I think it always comes down to this, um, knowing what you're doing and being absolutely sure that this is something that people need and people want and that you feel so strongly about that you, that when you are clear about that, you know, and about your value and the value that you bring, then I think the other things are just details, Mm. you know? So for example, something like um, if you think of it as just marketing, well, that's, that's just not compelling. Mm. Okay. But if you think of it as sharing what you're doing, um, then it becomes a little bit easier. Mm. It becomes a lot easier. And if you think about things like, for example, just like on your website, 
um, you say something about um, we create memories. Mm. You know, we create memories in 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 um, in silver, mm. right? In sterling silver, and I think like having a sense of your highest purpose mm. as um, I don't even want to call it a motivator because that sounds like kind of businessy, you know. But having that is once you have that and you can identify that, I feel it just takes care of everything. Mm. It takes care of how you present yourself. It takes care of um, how you relate to other people. And at the end of it is really, it really is about other people. Um, It's not about um, just that you create something, right? Because you could do that as a hobby, Mm. right? You can just make things because you like to. But when you're in a business, you're relating to other people. Mm. And um, and you must believe, I really think you must believe that people want what you have mm. and it can't be just like you're trying to convince them that they need to have this. And if you're thinking that, then there's some, must be something in your mind saying, I don't know if people really want this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so if you're, if in your mind, you really believe that, um, and this is what I coach people on. And if you really believe that um, this is really going to make people's lives better, this is going to be um, what their memories are made of, mm-hmm. or if they're selling a painting, that this is going to be the backdrop to their lives, you know, for the people who buy this work and hang it on their walls, instead of thinking, um, I'm going to go out and make a sale, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a sale. I mean, that's just not compelling. That's not a reason to wake up in the morning. Yeah. I think a good reason is I'm going to help people make the most beautiful memories they'll have. That I think is compelling. And that's a reason to get up in the morning. Um, So, you know, it's in the end, it's the mechanics might be the same, but the intention is so different Mm. that um, how we frame things and how we choose to um, think of what we do can make a difference in our energy and what we bring to our, our social media posts, our, you know, Mm. our newsletters, our whatever they are. Um, And in our marketing efforts in the things that we make. Um, So that would be my, my last, I don't know. I don't know what that would be, but my (laughs) last tip is to think about other people. Your opus. To think about other people. I love it. I love it. about your purpose. That was great. Thank you. Thank you, Erica. Thank you for coming on the show. And where can people find out more about you and what you do? Okay, so um, I have a website. So are are we going to see what my website is? Okay, it's um, empoweredartistcoach.com. You're free to send me an email anytime, E-R-I-C-A, Erica, at empoweredartistcoach.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, it's at Empowered Artist Coach. Um, and reach out to me. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So, <laughs> I love so it. follow me. And um, I have a newsletter that comes out about every week. That's great. And I'm posting on Instagram all the time. I think you and I are very much on the same wavelength. So thank you. Uh, it was oh, a great conversation. Yeah, I love I love your podcast. I I mean, honestly, I I think what you're doing is so valuable, and um, 
it probably has changed so many people's businesses and lives. So thank you for doing this. I hope so. That's the goal. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure you're doing the, the same. <laughs> yes, that is the goal. Yes, that's right. Thank you so much, Erica. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed that one, Thriver. Thank you so much for listening. As I said at the beginning, I will be taking a break. There will be no more episodes for July, but I'll be back in August with brand new episodes of the show and, of course, over on my YouTube channel as well. If you haven't checked that out already, head on over to youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den and you can watch me as well as listen to me if you'd like. Uh, And I'm considering adding some different content on YouTube, some additional content that's not on the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. Make sure to head over there and subscribe and uh, you will see what I'm up to over on YouTube. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking this time with me and I will be back in August to help you figure out how to turn your handmade hobby into a thriving and profitable business. But until then, take care of yourselves, have a great summer or winter and I'll be back soon. Bye for now.